The words that he spoke in, uh, in, in, in John chapter 14, verse 27. We've been sharing about love and we've been sharing about peace. And one of the things that has, I've been meditating on and on, I find something that is very significant is that love and peace, they are like the bedrock of the kingdom of God here in the world. Love and peace, the kingdom of God operates within the atmosphere of love and the atmosphere of peace. If love and peace is not there, then you find the manifestation of this kingdom to which we belong is not revealed and is not made manifest. The kingdom ceases to be revealed or to be seen at work when the love and peace ceases to appear. And as we get into some further discussion on this particular aspect and further consideration as we meditate on it, I want you to consider all those men and women whom God has chosen to appear to and then to use in one way or another. And you'll find in each and every one of these particular individuals, at the very outset, they were either men and women who loved or they were abiding in an atmosphere of peace. We said last time, and I'll repeat again as we move on it, that, you know, I say peace is like the landing pad of God's visitation. That if we want to see God visit us, you can fast as much as you want. Let me tell you something. But unless there is peace in your spirit and peace with your neighbor, peace with your brother and sister, he will not land. I may fast for 70 days nonstop, wanting to see the power of God at work in my life. But if I am not at peace, he will not land because he is the Prince of Peace. And as we said last time, even his arrival, it was announced with, those, with that proclamation. When he arrived in the, in the physical, when he came in human form, the word of God says the angels landed in when they came to the, you know, to the shepherds. They appeared and their words are very clear. said, glory to God in the highest. And then that which concerned you and me, it said peace and goodwill to all mankind. I mean, it was a seed, the seed of peace was being planted on earth yet once again, or being planted in the world once again, indicating that God desires you and I to be at peace at all times. Whether in the storm, whether, you know, whether we are happy, whether we are unhappy, it doesn't matter. He wants us to make sure that the atmosphere of peace continues to abide and be made manifest. Now, I want you to consider, as we get into the word, look, look at Abraham. Consider the environment of the culture in which he was living or he was born just like in many other cultures one of the things you realize that what was most important to them was each each family had to have children you know, a man had to have children if he doesn't have children he was considered not to be not to be anything but i want you to look at abraham it's interesting the guy he, he was with sarah and sarah was barren but the man was not going after another wife. That is the most interesting thing. You know, be, you know, he gets another wife. Sarah is the one who pushes him later on to get another wife. For Abraham, he was settled. He was a man of peace. 
He was only, he didn't care. You know, it, whatever people maybe were saying around him, he was rich. He had a lot of property. But then what happened? And a lot of cattle and, or sheep or whatever it is that he had at that particular time. When he moves away, God appears to this man and he tells him, move, go, I'll show you a land where I'll give you. Realize he moves with an adopted son, his nephew, Lot. He's not interested in marrying another woman so that he may have a son or a child of his own. No, he is bent on this one that he loved, this one woman, Sarah. Later on, of course, we know Sarah pushes him to get her guy. And, and, then also, and then maybe later on he gets uh, some, uh, uh, other, other women. But the essence is at the beginning he was a man of peace. I, 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 that's what my imagination was. It was settled in his heart. It is well. And he continued. And in that state, God suddenly appears to him out of nowhere. Why? Because there was a state of his mind and heart. And the Lord God loves peace. He comes and he appears unto him. Look at Moses. Moses was a man of war. He had grown in Pharaoh's, like Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's whatever, Pharaoh's uh, palace. And the word of God says he was mighty. He was not a simple guy. But uh, even he goes and kills somebody who tried to kill, you know, to molest the, 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 the Hebrews. But yet, God decides, God doesn't appear to him. He is removed from there and taken to the wilderness, into the desert, to live with sheep not with human beings as such. And for many, many years, he stays there until all the war and all the toughness is yanked out of his spirit. He comes down and becomes a man of peace, only attending to sheep. He's not troubled to anybody at all. That is the time God suddenly appears to him in the, in the fire. A man of peace, and God starts to speak to him. I'm going to send you because I've got to work for you. If you want God to use you, if I want God to use me, if you want to be the element that God is going to manifest himself through, and we desire to see his presence, make an appointment and a desire in your spirit. I am going to be a man and a woman of peace in the name of the Lord Jesus. In my mind, in my spirit, in my conversation, in my talk, in everything, I am going to choose the path of peace. And in that particular path of peace, You'll find the Lord God in his love. He will start manifesting himself. Remember David. David, when God appears to him and chooses him, he chooses him why? The guy was ever alone outside there in the wilderness with a, with a sheep, always at peace, always meditating, always silent and quiet. There was peace always around him. And in that atmosphere, God lands in that particular place. I want you to look in your home again as I look in mine. Do we want God to visit us? Let us determine there's going to be peace in my home. There's going to be peace with my wife. There's going to be peace with my sons and daughters. There's going to be peace with my friends. There's going to be peace with my cousin. There's going to be peace with my neighbor. If God is going to appear. Remember Mary. How come he does not go to the pompous of, you know, in a, uh, palaces and what have you? He goes to that particular humble place where this simple handmaiden, a young girl who is troubled to nobody, she, uh, she is not imagining any great things or whatsoever. In the humbleness there, that's where the mighty one, the almighty one, decides. He sends his angel and he shows up in that particular quiet place and says, Oh, you who are highly favored of the Most High God, 
Praise the Lord. And he says, the spirit of God is going to come upon you. Why? Because here is a handmaiden who, you know, she, she is the intellect of the manifestation of peace. She is so humble. She is so quiet. She is so alone. God decides, this is where I'm going to land. My brother and my sister, if you want him to land on your, in, your, in your place, let you choose and let me choose. I must decide in my imagination, in my whatever, whatever my words and in everything that I do, I must be a man or a woman of peace for the glory of God in the heights. Look at Paul the Apostle. He was a man of one, a very violent guy. But when God decides to visit him, he humbles him to the very ground until Paul loses everything, until in a place where he says, even what I counted gain, I counted it loss for the sake of knowing this one. He let go of all the fight, of all the, of all the roughness that he had had, even of all the knowledge he had had. He settled down, and when he settled down, God picks him up and makes him one of the mightiest apostles. All for the glory of his holy name. He reaches out to use the humble and the peaceful for the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And I remind us what we shared last time when he said, Peace, in John 14, 27, Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, do I give it unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. He realizes he's leaving 12 men, or 11 men at that particular time, because Judas had already taken off. But so he's leaving this particular 11, 11 men. They choose another one to add on later on. But he realizes if ever they are going to work together, there has to be peace in their midst. If there is no peace in the midst, you know, as human beings, we get at each other very easily. We get to, you know, to, to, to uh, offend one another very easily, and each one goes his own way. That one goes that way, that one goes that way. We don't want to see each other, you know, face to face. We can say, okay, hi, hi, but that is the end. But he realizes his work must be done. And so he declares those words, my peace I give unto you. Now I want you to notice, as we say, those words were not just mere open words, just say, peace, I live with you. No, they are words of the Almighty which cannot return void. And as they go forth into the hearts of these men, uh, you know, in that particular gathering, there is a transformation that takes effect in their lives. And you, I want you to realize how powerful this particular effect of these particular words are in their lives. It is to the extent that they are molested later on, they are beaten, they are, name it, whatever is done to them. And in fact, all of them are killed, apart from John, who dies maybe a natural death. All of them are killed and they don't raise a finger to fight against those who are killing them. Peter was a rough one. At one time when they were in the garden, when they tried to touch Jesus, the guy threw, out, drew, drew the sword. He had followed what Jesus told them, that, you know, if you don't have a sword, buy, go get one. But the man went and bought one immediately. He, he, he was out to defend himself. But later on, he reaches a point, because those words suddenly went out, Peter was changed. The guy was ready to be crucified upside down. He didn't care. He told them, crucify me. I, you know, all the rest of them, they were crucified, and yet none of them raised a leap. Just like the Lamb of God, how he was hung on that particular tree. They went through the same experience. 
People like Barnabas. And he said they tied him on a, on, a, on a horse, whatever, and they went, you know, running up and, and, and down, you know, on, uh, he was being pulled on a, on a whatever a horse, as, you know, being dragged along the ground until when he died. Yet, in all that, they were at peace. It is well, because I know where I'm going, and I know whom I have believed. Praise God. Their heart was at peace. I want you to look yourself and myself. How much of that peace is made manifest in us? When a brother pokes you on the side, my goodness, fire! Fire comes out and you wonder, is that the Paul I've been seeing in church? Or, or is it a different character altogether? All goes, mm, whom does he think he is and what have you? And until God, when he's seated in heaven, and in your heart, my Lord, you know he lives in our heart. He maybe he has to take, change seats straight away. Say, no, 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 no. I can't stay here anymore. Why? Because peace suddenly disappears and we are out for each other's name. Your brother, your sister, your husband has said something and or your wife has said something. And what happens? We, we flare up. In such a manner, you know, in the, one of the readings we read today, I was, I was, I was smiling in that part that uh, I think Caroline is the one who read it that in, in uh, that first Peter chapter 3. Peter says, you know, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. And here, let him seek peace and pursue it. It's not just a matter of seeking. Pursue it. You sit at that particular corner. You run for it. You don't let it get away from you. That is the secret of being able to... It turns out as if peace can be very elusive. And unless you pursue it, unless you seek it out, you will not find it. Because the world is... The Bible says the world lies in the evil one. There is no peace in the world. There is unsettlement on either side, you know, east, west, south. But the main thing, peace is only found in this hidden one, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you must seek it out. And he says, pursue it. And as we move on, we, we, we will discover, and as we said uh, once again, the body functions. Ask anybody who is sick when you are in pain. And you know how your body cannot function well because of pain. Because some part is paining. If it is the food, you go wobbling along, along. Why? Because the whole body is accepted, is, is affected, not accepted, affected by virtue of that one part being unwell. Hope Community Church, West London. There is something God is calling you and I to be a body that is at peace. Every member is at peace with each other for the honor and for the glory of God in the highest. If ever he is to flow and work in our midst or in any church whatsoever, the one thing we must pursue and we must seek is that calling to model such a, a body that is a body of peace. Because as we have said, where peace is not, God ceases to be. And let that, be, let that sink into our hearts. Where peace is not, God ceases to be. There are times that we can think that, you know, I will, I, I will cut myself from everybody. I will don't care what they are thinking. That is an, an, an aspect of a lack of peace in that particular heart. And where peace is not, God is not. He ceases to be. So let us choose. If I want to see God, then I must choose to be at peace with you. 
and you have no choice. You have got to choose to be at peace with me. Oh, for the glory of God. We have to choose to be at peace with each other. It is the only way we are going to see our Father at work in our midst. It is a price you and I must pay so that he may be glorified in our midst. Let us stop our small judgments in our small heads. We know nothing when we compare with what it is that he, the Father himself, knows. Remember, like in the message we've sent out this man, he says, he is the Father of all mercies. Think of mercy in all its manifestations. He says he is the Father of mercy. And then he says he is the God of all comfort. Comfort, you know, whatsoever a manifestation, he is the God of comfort. And if he's your father, then he wants those traits to be made manifest through you for the glory and for the honor of his wonderful name. So let us look, 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 look at this particular aspect as, as we sink deeper into the understanding. We have said the body, as the word of God says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, he says that, you know, we are no longer strangers, nor are we foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are being built into, or we have been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for our dwelling place of God in the Spirit. We are being made into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. I want you and myself to consider that, that, you know, I am being built into that particular building as a dwelling place of God. And he happens to be a God of peace. So if there is no peace in that stone that I am, and this stone is being taken and being fitted in one part of the building, when the chief builder himself comes, he will knock at that particular stone and he realizes the sounding of this stone is not right. It is hollow. There is something amiss with this particular stone. He will tell the builders, remove this particular stone. It does not fit in the building. I cannot dwell in a building that is not properly built. It must be a stone that abide that is packed with peace because he is the God of peace. So if you and I want to partake, just as we have sung, as, as we sang, that I give myself away so that you may use me. As we have sung that great is your faithfulness, O God. That is how great his faithfulness is. He is faithful in all ways and in all aspects, my beloved brother and my beloved sister. And he is calling us unto a, a, a body that is unique in the name of the Lord God for the honor of his wondrous name. And I pray that by the grace of God, you may be, find yourself to be that living stone, that living stone that is fitting in this particular building. Why? Because when peace is disrupted, you see... That from the Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, the apostles and the prophets, that same same trait, that same DNA of peace is flowing right upwards into every stone as it goes. Look at the marvel of the DNA. It is a wonderful marvel such that you know, we can do plastic surgery and change our faces. But you know what? It does not change, cannot change the DNA. 
if that person was to live many years, that particular plastic will, 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 will wear off. And someday, the DNA will work out itself again and bring itself that particular ugly face that the person didn't want to appear. Somehow will appear once again because the DNA remains stuck. It does not change. Even with all the sciences that they do, they will not change that particular DNA. The moment it is set, it starts to grow. It continues to grow exactly that way. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. And that is what God is. His peace. His DNA is peace. And if you are part and parcel of him, then rest assured, you must submit to him. That's why I say submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee away from you. Praise God. So if we want to be men and women of peace, we must learn to submit unto the Lord, and it shall work out for us for the glory of his wonderful name. So remember the one thing that we, we, we say, we have shared in that particular aspect, that peace is the landing part, is the landing part of God. And the essence is that, you know, we will say that peace is like the, a beacon, you know, how the aircrafts land. At, at night, when they have those lights that show the runway, they, you know, they, 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 he knows where he's going to land right or through. That's exactly the same case. With, where there is peace, it always beckons unto, you know, it beckons unto God. He knows that is my landing place. He will land in that particular place for the glory of his wonderful name. And there are principles that, you know, of that, 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 that you know, establish peace. And of course, the first principle begins with what you know and I know. And we've got to spread it out continually. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, all God says is the power of God and to salvation to anyone who believes. And what is that gospel? John 1, 12 says, He came unto his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons and the daughters of God. And so, if you want to have that, you know, the very first principle of the peace flowing and operating in us is that aspect of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, making Him to be, accepting Him to be Lord and Savior of your life, believing in the gospel that God has sent Jesus, Jesus died, He rose again, and by His grace, He is able to save you. That is when you put your faith and your trust in Him. That is, one, that is aspect number one. And then aspect number two of the principle of being able to establish that peace, we find that in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. What we have also read it in, 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 second, in 1 Peter chapter 3. He says in chapter 12 of Hebrews verse 14, Pursue peace with all people. Pursue peace with all people. And for God's holiness, without which, no one will see the Lord. Now I want you to see, to realize, in pursuing peace and, and holiness, you find we will be able to see God. Now there is that aspect, one, might say, one can say that, you know, I will, I, I will only pursue holiness. And I don't want to have peace with anybody. I don't care what happens. You cut off every particular individual. You, you, know, you stab every man who comes in your path. Push them aside and me. I want only to be holy unto the Lord. I don't want to see you in my path. You're wasting your time. Why? Because he tells us clearly. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Without which no man will see God or no woman will see God. 
Now, the one aspect, look at that political place. Basically, what it is, is it telling us? Pursue peace, then you will see God. Because in pursuing peace, holiness will find itself being made established in your spirit at all times. Because holiness abides with righteousness. Holiness abides with abiding with the principles and with the desires of God. And they are manifested in the atmosphere of peace. What is he telling us in the particular scripture of pursuing peace? He's basically telling us, abandon anger and you will see God. You know that scripture that says the anger of man does not glorify God? You know, we, we love that place where the scripture tells us, oh no, the Bible tells us you can be angry, you can be angry, and don't let, you know, the people love that particular scripture very much. So, so as to justify our anger, you know, when, we, when I get annoyed with you, and you tell me, no, 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 no God does not like anger, no, no, the scripture says I can be angry, but I should not let the anger go down on my Go down on my, on my anger. The sun go down on my anger. But I want to ask yourself. In another place the same scripture says. The anger of man does not glorify God. So which is better? Will I follow that one that says. Okay be angry. Alright. But don't let the sun. Because chances are. If I get angry. I will hold on to that anger and the sun will end up ending going down with my anger. I will remember at midnight, oh, I'm still annoyed with Steve. And then, ah, but the sun has already gone down. Wake up in the morning and the anger is still brewing in the, is still brewing in the spirit. Why? Be better follow the uh, uh, earlier one that, you know, that says the anger of man does not glorify God. And the issue is, I want to glorify God. So when the anger starts to come to brew, I cut it off immediately, and I decide, no, I am a man or a woman of peace. I will not let, I know he has hurt me. I know she has hurt me, but I will not allow that to well into my system at all because I want God to be glorified. I want God to land on my pad. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will make a very big difference for you and for me. He's saying, what is he telling us? Abandon resentment and you will see God. That is what that verse is basically telling us. It is telling us, abandon envy and jealousy and you will see God. Any trace of this thing trying to come in mind, you know, it can come. You, the feeling can come. But the issue is when you allow it to settle. That's when you are getting into sin or you are getting into yourself into trouble. The moment it starts to appear, in rebuke you, tell it, get behind me, Satan. I'm not letting anger, I'm not letting jealousy get into my spirit. Your son or your daughter might make you so annoyed. Your wife may make you annoyed. Your husband may make you annoyed. Or your brother may make you annoyed. But speak to that particular feeling. Get behind me, Satan. I'm not getting annoyed with my husband. I'm not getting annoyed with my wife. I'm not getting annoyed at my son. I'm not getting annoyed at my daughter. I will not get annoyed at my, at my brother or my sister. I choose to be at peace with him or her. For the, regardless of what they have done. How much have we done against God? And yet he doesn't get mad at us. He still tells us, I love you. I love you. I love you. It's, it's so strange. That is who our father is. Don't say, tell him that I'm just human. No, 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 no. He does not understand the issue of your being human. Why? Because he has given you the helper, the Holy Spirit himself, to help you say no unto anger in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. All for the glory of God in the heights. What is he telling us in that verse? He's telling us abandon bitterness so that you may be able to see God. You know something? 
the world and all that it has to offer is nothing in compared to that, that particular peace that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, offers unto us. And I want to realize that God does not even want us, as, as we have heard in many other places. God does not want us even to pray fire to fall on our enemies. Sometimes we like doing that, and it feels good. When you're you praying fire on your enemy and you're praying God destroy that enemy, it is, at that time you can feel very fired up and say, I'm in the spirit. I don't think no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that raised against me in judgment, I condemn, I command fire upon. No, no, that is not condemning. That is not condemning the tongue that reserves in against God. As, if you go to jo, jo, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and verse 44, hear what Jesus says. That is another, another principle that he, he, he tells you. As he's telling you, pursue peace. And he tells you how to pursue peace. He says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. And pray, he says, and pray for those who persecute you. The principle of the peace, or prince of peace. So I want you to ask yourself, do I love my enemy? You know, he says, he wants you to love your enemy. Live alone your friends and live alone your neighbor. That one is, that one is okay. He says, he wants you to love your enemy. He's very specific. He's going beyond the, the requirements of the Love your enemies. And then he, not only that, he says, bless those who curse you. Now we go back, we, 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 somebody will go back to that scripture in Isaiah. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that raised against me in judgment, I condemn. And, 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 and you start hearing, brethren, I curse those men and those women. I curse. No, 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 no. Here he says, bless those who curse you. It is strange. How the, the principles of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said something very strange. Says his requirement. He says do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Those who persecute you. He says pray for them. And if you jump on to. If you go back to verse 38 to 42. There's some strange. And other strange bits he tells you today. If you are pursuing peace. This is how you pursue peace. You have heard it say. Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And we like that. But here is what he says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on that right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. What is he telling you? That is even if somebody, you do go to somebody and he slaps it back in your face and does evil, you still go back and do good to that particular individual. That is what it means you turning the other cheek. You still maintain your good to minister to that particular, particular individual. If anyone wants to use, to use, to sue you and take your shot, he says, hand over the coat as well. Not only do you give uh, the, the, the shot, give even the coat as well, as well. And you go away with the sun burning your back. And you tell him, you know, it's fine, fine. You needed the, the shot. No, no, I even have the coat. It's okay. I'm, I, all right. I, I even don't need that particular coat. You can actually have it so that it, it will look better. You know, the too much. So don't take the shot only. You know, even have this particular coat. Then you look right. And you, you, you walk away with all the, just the vest on the inside or the t-shirt on the inside. That's what the Lord is telling you. Somehow the blessing of God will start coming your way in the name of Jesus. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. 
Don't say, ah, I can't go any further. Uh, he, he forced me to go this way. Now he says, go, uh, add on, even go another way. He says, you carry this one for me up to there. You ask, oh, you wanted to go to the station? No, I'll carry it across actually up to the station. I'll make sure you're going on to the train. You saw that, then you can have it okay. And I say, oh, bye, God bless you. And then you walk back. It is difficult to do some of these particular requirements that Jesus is telling us here. But he tells us that is the way of peace for the honor and for the glory of God. If you go to verse 46 and 48, he, up to 48, he says, he says something very interesting. And he teaches something. What he says is, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even, not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only the people who greet you, what more do you do, do than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, what is it? He calls, suddenly calls God your Father. So, what is he telling you? If you count yourself to be a son and a daughter of God, which I believe every one of us here ourselves, we count ourselves to be. He's telling us, reflect on these particular scriptures. That is Matthew chapter, 40, chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. He's telling you, reflect on these particular scriptures and then put yourself on the scales and weigh yourself. Am I truly a son and a daughter of God? You know, we love claiming that, you know, I have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, so I am accepted, all is well. But we choose to disobey him in the instruction he has given unto us. Are we his sons and are we his daughters? Our faith enables us to do the will of the Father. Our faith in him enables us to abide by the counsel of the Spirit of the living God. It is not legalism. I'm not teaching legalism here. I'm teaching the grace of God upon us that makes us to say no unto ungodliness and to align ourselves with our fear and with the love of God in the name of Jesus. May the Lord help us so that we may be able to fulfill his counsel. And as, as we draw in towards to, to the end, you know, remember that scripture that we love very much, I, in Psalms 133, where it say, says that, you know, how good and how pleasant it is. When God's people live together in unity, it is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down the, on Aaron's beard, on, on, to, on the collar up to his you know, robes on the skirts. He says, it is as the dew of Hammon, where, you know, where, which, which falls on Mount Zion. Then he says, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. And basically, what is, he telling, what is he telling us yet once again? That is, in the bond of unity, they, you know, in the bond of unity, blessing and life is found. But listen to what Paul tells us. If you look in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, Paul says some very interesting words there. He says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, Bearing with one another in love. Now listen to verse 3. Endeavoring, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of spirit, the love of God, thrives in that particular atmosphere of peace. And he's telling us that we must endeavor, we must do all that we can to maintain that particular unity of the spirit that is bond of the, the, the unity of the spirit in that particular bond of peace. 
in that bond of peace, unity is found. And Psalms 133 comes and tells us that God commands a blessing. He commands life in that particular place. This will happen in our homes. This will happen in the church. This will happen in any business endeavor. This will happen anywhere where we decide peace will reign. I'm at a loggerheads with you. I don't go brooding over it in my imagination and gathering in my imagination against you and thinking so negatively. Why? And all sorts of things against you. No. You know why? The reason for that is this. He says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that raises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Now, this is a strange thing. That is the word of God. So it cannot go back to him void. Remember. Although I'm saying that, you know, we're looking at it. But I want you to remember that is the word of God. It will not return. But it is still standard as he said to Isaiah those particular days. When I gather against you in my imagination. And I'm, you know, essentially what is meaning is like I am, I'm becoming a tongue that is, that is, that is cursing and saying so much against you. You know what? The word has already said, I'm already standing in the path of condemnation. At that particular point, because no weapon formed against, you don't know whom God has chosen. You don't know whom God has anointed. So choose not to imagine evil against any man or against any woman. Even if in your eyes you see that man is terrible, he's evil, don't bother yourself. Judgment belongs to the King of glory. You decide, I will glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. If he's evil, well, he's evil to the glory of God. Tell the Lord, he's your, he's your creation. He's your son, he's your daughter. I got nothing to do with him or her. I will submit him to you. Let your peace be upon him or her. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You save yourself alone. Don't gather against anyone in your imagination or with your brother or with your sister. Me, a man and a woman of peace. You will get blessing as a result. As you do that, the blessing of God will start piling and piling upon you. The more you think favor on that individual, because the more people think evil of you, you know what? The more the channels of blessing are opened over you because of saying, Blessed are you when they revile you and speak all manner of evil against you. Do you know, you know, you understand what the Lord is saying? That the, the path of blessing and the path of victory, the path of favor to be poured more and more is as more people think and say evil against you. Don't be afraid to say, oh, I'm going to dry because people are thinking against me evil. I'm going to be cast because, uh, you know, people are cursing me. Don't let it trouble your spirit. Stand on the word of God. He has spoken it. You know what? As they think and persecute you in their minds, in their imagination, they are actually opening the gates of blessing to go wider and wider towards you and your family in the name of Jesus Christ. It's when you choose to look into those and start imagining they are thinking evil against me. Oh, evil is going to come against me. Then all you have blocked the blessing because you are also now gathering against them. The things of God are strange in how we have got to approach them. If we're going to know the peace of God in our lives in Jesus' name. And I want you to remember finally this particular bit that we read it the other time and I'll read it to you again. He says in Romans chapter 12 verse 18 to 21. He says, if it is possible, 
as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Do you hear what the word of God is saying? He's not saying only with the brothers and sisters in the Lord. <laughs> Even that neighbor who really, who really messes you up. That neighbor who throws stuff across your face and you find papers have come into your, neighbor, your, your compound and you're like, he says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, as much as depends on, on me, live peaceably with all men. Do not, he says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is, that is what the scripture is saying. And so in, in finalizing, listen to uh, the principle number four of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 to 15. You can read that scripture uh, later on, but uh, essentially it says, Therefore strengthen the hands that, are, uh, that hang down, the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, uh, but rather healed. Then verse 14, it goes what we read, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see God. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, and lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by these many become defiled. So what is he saying? Do not let the root of bitterness to spring up in you. Do not you know, fall short of the grace of God because of bitterness. He says, allow the unmerited favor of God to find expression through you. Allow the unmerited favor, grace, unmerited favor of God to find expression through your eyes, through your words, through your thoughts, through your everything in the name of Jesus. Do not cause trouble. Do not be the cause of trouble because of your words, because of your mouth, because of your imagination. Do not be the reason that will cause many to be defiled. Be the man or the woman of peace. Watch over your mouth. I repeat again. Watch over your mouth. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said somewhere in Luke chapter 17 verse 1 and 2. He said this and I want you to listen to it. That then he said to his disciples. It is impossible. That no offenses should come. But woe, woe to him. Through whom they do come. Did you hear me? It is impossible that offenses should not come. It is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him or her through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones or one of these little ones. Do you hear what the word of God is telling you and I, Hope Community Church West London? That is the word of the Lord. That even if I say I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm causing offense to you every other day. He says it's better that a milestone is tied around, around Paul's neck. Let him be thrown into the river Thames and let him sink to the very depth. Why? Because he's not worthy to live. That is the son of God saying that. And I, we better take it seriously. All for the glory of God. Whether it is in our families. It is not in church only. I'm saying this for our own families as well. 
we annoy each other so much in our families and we disrupt peace in our families simply because it, I want my way and she wants her way. He wants his way. She wants her way. Everybody wants their way. Let us choose to submit to God and the Lord will be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. There is a saying that is, uh, I read somewhere and it, it made me laugh. He says, he says, it is the mouth of the monkey that kills it. It is the mouth of the monkey that kills it. And I, I wondered why. And the reason turned out to be, when hunters go into the forest to hunt, all the other animals keep quiet. They know there is danger around. They will hide and they can be looking at the guy through the leaves because the guy is not seeing them and they are just quiet. <laughs> Do you know what the monkey does? The monkey is right up on the tree. And you know what they usually do when they see something coming? They say, oh! 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 They start shouting. They reveal themselves where they are. How sad. And you know what? That's why I'm telling you. Watch over your mouth. Don't harm yourself with your mouth. Do not use your mouth to destroy yourself. Do not use your mouth to kill yourself. Don't be a monkey. Woo! And the hunter is there. The hunter says, oh, yes. It is over there. He goes straight out and releases the arrow to it. And that poor thing is killed because of its mouth. Pursue peace with all men. And holiness without which no one will see God. Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. Help us as your children. We may be able to be men and women of peace. And that you may be glorified in our lives. May you bless your children as we part this, this afternoon. That your grace will richly abound upon us. And the name of the Lord shall be glorified in us. Pour your peace in our spirits. And help us to pursue it at all times even as your love is poured into our hearts for the glory of your wondrous name. So may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May he establish you in his shalom. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.